Let's get it going in the scriptures right now. It's going to be in the New Testament book of Acts, uh, chapter 20, verses 1 to 24. It's a very short section. The title I've uh, put on it this morning is uh, Not Quitting After the Riot. No quitting after the riot. It begins this way in the scriptures. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. Now that's a bit intriguing, isn't it? There had been an uproar and a riot in the city of Ephesus. What was that all about? What did that have to do with the Apostle Paul? Why was he leaving from the city of Ephesus so quickly after a riot? To answer that, we need to understand that many years previously, Paul hated Christians. And at that time, he was known as Saul of Tarsus. Saul despised Christians so much that he persecuted them. He approved and cheered the killing of Christians, and he made murderous threats against the disciples of Jesus, men and women. And he took them to, uh, to Jerusalem as prisoners, having the opportunity, the license to arrest Christians. What a nice guy, huh? Someone you would stay clear of. Someone you would ditch if you could. But God didn't stay, uh, didn't stay clear of Saul. God, in his infinite mercy, took pity on Saul and brought him to his knees, literally, literally, and Oh, the the angels are singing, yes. (laughs) All right, yeah. (laughs) But God, in his infinite mercy, he took pity on Saul, God did, and brought him to his knees, literally made him blind. Blind. That'll get your attention, won't you? When God at times sometimes does uh, things like that. Maybe that's you today. But not long after, the Lord Jesus spoke to Saul and healed his blindness. Saul then got up and was baptized, and he ate food, and he regained his strength. And at once, Saul began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Saul had become a changed man. He became a Christian, a Christ follower. That was a very surprising change. Who would ever thought that would have happened with Saul? I want you to think for a minute. Do you have one of those people on your mind today or on your list? Someone you have written him or her off as a person impossible to change? Well, think again because Paul's story will tell you something different. Never do that. Never write anyone off because God seeks those people to save them. And they need you to bring them to Christ. Even more surprising, a, a kind, mature Christian named Barnabas also mentored Paul and brought Paul to Antioch in Syria. And the two of them taught there about Jesus. And as a result, result of their outreach, there were great numbers of new believers in that region. And Paul wanted to fully obey Jesus and follow Christ's words to go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Also, of course, from Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Go everywhere, near and far. 
was what Jesus said. Go around the corner, go around the world, but go. Paul took that to heart too, and he, he obeyed. And subsequently, he made three major missionary journeys between 45 AD and 58 AD. And when he arrived in the city of Ephesus, he stayed there teaching and preaching very effectively for three years. And many people put their faith in Jesus Christ. And many lives were changed there. But Paul was so effective at leading people to faith in Jesus that the makers of those who sold silver shrines and household idols for superstitious things, they were losing business. And they stirred up the citizens so much that a riot ensued. Paul escaped harm at that time, but then he knew that he had to move on from Ephesus to save himself from harm and so that he would be able to continue to, to continue his ministry. Acts 20, verse 1 says, When the uproar ended, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. Paul very likely uh, was sad and that he was leaving behind his friends and ministry and his church, but he must have been very happy and thankful for the the ministry that had been done previously in Ephesus. God moves us at times. That's a reminder here that, that as servants of Jesus, God moves us when we don't expect it or when we were counting on it. This is a reminder that God moves us to other places sometimes. He moves us to other churches sometimes for ourselves and for the benefit of others. And we should think about that when those changes happen. We should ask God to to guide what he has for us to be and to do. Sometimes he has new places and new people for us. And maybe we resist that, but it's important for for us to take time to, to discern what is God doing in our life. We should think about that. Certainly Paul recognized that, so he kept moving forward, seeking for whatever might be coming next for him. The scriptures indicate that he went right back to ministry and he continued to serve the Lord. From the Bible book of 2 Corinthians, we learn that Paul stopped at at Troas for evangelistic purposes, telling the good news of of Jesus, and to meet Titus, another uh, brother in Christ, uh, to meet Titus for a report on the Corinthian church. Titus uh, was one of the, the other great Uh, workers alongside Paul in in connection with Paul. But Paul just kept going on to Achaia, probably ministered as far as modern-day Central Europe at some time. And Paul just kept on going. During a a three-month stay in Achaia, he wrote the Bible book of Romans from the city of Corinth. But that didn't endear him to a number of Jews, Paul's own people, who rejected Christ. Paul's enemies planned an assassination to to kill him aboard a ship and then drop his body in the sea when no one was looking. You may have missed that if you haven't been reading in your Bible, but there's some weird things going on. But Paul knew what was going on. Paul canceled those cruise tickets at that point. And he went back through Macedonia instead, and that was a very good choice. But that didn't make uh, Paul back down. Back down, back down. Reading this and, and just uh, seeing uh, those great men going to and fro and here and there to do the, Lord, uh, the Lord's work. 
It reminded me of, uh, of the Lord of the Rings. You know, when they're, uh, if you don't do it, I, I won't spell it all out here, but in the Lord of the Rings, there's a group, and they know that there's something evil, and it has, something has to be done, and they don't know who might uh, do it. And Gimli, Gimli, one of the, the key uh, uh, persons, I guess you would say, in this, um, says this. They're deciding, well, what should we do? And Gimli says, certainty of death, small chance of success, what are we waiting for? <laughs> Paul was like that. And all, of, all of the others, Paul stayed committed to the ministry of telling the good news of Jesus and making disciples of Jesus. He had a sense of urgency about reaching those who were spiritually lost. We have to stop for a minute and just say, do we have that same sense of urgency or do we just let it all run by us? So off, uh, off he went, heading off northward to Macedonia, hoping to find his friend and, and fellow worker, Titus. But, but he couldn't make that connection there. So instead of giving up, he kept going up to most Macedonia and he finally found Titus there. And Titus brought good news from the troubled church at Corinth. Think about that. Troubled church at Corinth. You ever been in a church that had trouble? I bet everybody here probably had one, unless you're a new believer. Paul wrote, uh, Paul took his time there. He uh, was having to work with the churches there. And, and then Paul wrote an important letter from there that we now call the book of 2 Corinthians. It's in our Bibles, and we've been reading it for centuries. So God was at work. He was guiding the progress of his church. And God does that sort of thing when we are about his ministry. Luke then tells us that Paul went to Greece and stayed there for three months. But then a plot against him uh, by some of the Jews was made as he was about to set sail for Syria. The, The plan was to assassinate him on board the ship and dispose his body at sea. That was Paul's... uh, uh, what would you call them? The, those who, who were against Saul were going to dispose his body when no one else was looking. So Paul decided to go back through Macedonia. And of course, that was a very good choice. As Christians, God calls us to be wise. And in this short section we're reading, we're just seeing how wisdom keeps coming up. Wisdom about, about Christ. Wisdom about church. Wisdom about missions. Life with Paul was rarely dull because Paul was a man who loved to serve God and he was willing to think and act and outside of the box when necessary. Sometimes we see these pictures and paintings, especially from long ago, and and everybody's just sort of hanging out uh, in in a chilled way and just holding the hands up and praying. Well, it's wonderful to do that. But we get this this idea that, that somehow that's all everybody did then. That's not uh, what was going on there. Paul's life wasn't dull. Paul's life was exciting and sometimes dangerous. And that's something that, that is needed in Christian ministry. Some of us need to be thinking a little bit about taking a little more danger because we're so comfortable. Well, moving on, Acts 20, verse 7 tells us that Paul and company came to Troas and they stayed there for seven days. 
seven days in, in, um, in Troas. And as a little aside here, uh, just for fun and for your learning, scholars have noted that this is the clearest verse in the New Testament in which indicates that Sunday was the normal meeting day of the apostolic church. Now, we don't have to argue about that in our different situations, but, but really, that's really what was going on there. Rather than Saturday service, most likely that was because, uh, after, likely that it was because they honored the day of Christ arose from the, the grave. So they switched from, from Saturday to Sunday. Well, Paul stayed in Troas for seven days there, and the church met on the first day of the week. Luke's methods of counting days here was not from the Jewish perspective, but from the Roman, which counted midnight to midnight. And so we can know here that this was the time, the day, they would gather on that day. Verse 7 tells us that on the first day of the week when we gathered together, this is a quote, when we gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. Some of you will know that story. That's just a long night for a worship service. Why so late? Probably the church met at night because people had to work during the day. And because Paul was leaving them, possibly for the last time, he prolonged his speech, his discourse, his sermon, whatever you want to say, but, it, but he kept going until midnight. But a, mat, a mishap almost ruined that service there entirely. Some of you will remember this for all. The building in which they were meeting was, was quite tall, at least three stories in height. And with a big crowd and many lamps used for lights, the atmosphere was conducive for falling asleep. And a young man named Eutychus who was sitting in a third-story window, fell to the floor and was declared dead. Yet Paul went to Eutychus and embraced him, and he came back alive. By the way, the name Eutychus means fortunate. Fortunate. God's loving, healing presence was definitely there, as it is here today. We see a thread going thus, uh, through this as we're going quickly through. We see this thread of danger, of trials, of new things coming up. But what we see also is that God is in it every single time. Every encounter has God in it. And when I say that, I mean like God isn't doing it somewhere else. But God is in this because this is the, the period and for this people at that time. And God is in our period, in this time, this place. And we have to recognize that. We can just read through the Bible and read all the places and the names and all that and not recognize or think about that, that we are in a place right now where God has put us to be. And we need to take that to heart. So then the gathering continued as part of the meal and there was the uh, Lord's Supper there. There was the, the ministry going on there. For Paul, though, time seemed to be going too slowly. Paul had long wanted to have churches collect funds to give to the poor Christians in Jerusalem. Not only would that bring relief to the poor there, but 
Paul believed that it would bond, uh, bond the people together in Jesus Christ. And so then seven representatives of various churches went out and took an offering. They carried the funds back to, uh, to Jerusalem. Three of them were from Macedonia. Four were from Asia Minor. There was a rendezvous point. They came back at Troas. Paul hoped to be in Jerusalem before Passover, but he wasn't able to make that day. He wanted to bring it and have everybody there at the same time. But God was still working on God time. We always have to adjust on God time. In light of the circumstances here, Luke tells us in Acts 20, 16, and 17 that Paul avoided uh, Ephesus, but to go to Miletus, 30 miles south of Ephesus, and he sent for the elders of the church to meet Paul there. In Ephesus, as everywhere, or elsewhere, I should say, the Jews plotted against Paul, but Paul never wavered. Instead, Paul took up a ministry from house to house. That likely means that he established house churches. And Paul both preached and taught in those churches. In Acts 20, 22, Paul began to describe uh, being bound in the Spirit. That likely meant that, likely meant that he was referring to the Holy Spirit's guidance in his life. And in Acts 23, there, verse 23, Paul had already been warned by the Holy Spirit that prison and hardship awaited, uh, awaited for him in Jerusalem. Because of the warning to Paul, he concluded that the Ephesians would never see him again. In Acts 20, 24, he said, though, I don't account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. As we look back on this, we see that Paul never quit. He never quit, but he didn't keep going in ministry just because he wasn't a quitter. Sometimes, you know, we're just go-getters. And we think go-getting is, is, makes us uh, to be very, very spiritual. Paul didn't keep going in ministry just because he was a, a quitter. Rather, he kept going because he had a purpose. God has a purpose for each one of us. Places, times, people, family, friends. There's always a purpose that God has for us. The question is whether we're going to be follow it or not. Paul wanted there to be good teaching so that people would believe and follow Jesus. He wanted to encourage those who served Christ. He served out of love, the love of God the Father and Christ and the Holy Spirit. He knew that he did not earn his salvation, but that it was a free gift to those who seek the Savior. And maybe most most of all, he cared so much for lost people. Paul, uh, you know, never uh, intentionally started a riot. But once it was started, he never quitted after that riot. And again, looking at just 24 verses there in this section, we see so many things packed in one place. But what it really means to us is what are we doing with our life? Are we willing to take the dangers 
Are we willing to take the time to travel? Are we going to be willing to walk to the person next door? To the guy down the street that's an alcoholic? Or some folks who are living in immorality? Are we just going to let them go? Are we just going to not do anything about them? Are we not going to walk around the block? Are we not going to help another church? Even one that may be not like us so much. In this very short chapter, it's just packed. And if, I hope you'll go read it again today. Because if you start unpacking it little by little, you'll have a picture of what God wants you to do with all of those things around you. If you have Legos, maybe uh, make some little houses or buildings or whatever. Take the time to sit down and look at it and think upon what that really means to look like beyond your living room and all the things that could be done. Paul didn't even start the riot, but God gave the opportunity. And from there, he took off to all those incredible places and brought many people to Christ. It's just a question as as to whether we're going to, to live looking outward instead of inward. Looking beyond everything around our church and missing all the people around us and all the people throughout the entire world who are still in need. I challenge you to read just those 24 verses today and to think about all that's packed in there and then ask God what that means to you. Is the lamb who slay?